we just like to welcome you guys today. Um, we're going to talk, be uh, first Sunday of Advent, we're going to be talking about hope. Um, and our Restore group is leading it today, so it's going to be a little different format, um, but uh, we just are really excited about it. And yeah, so let's go ahead and just open in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you um, that this season is just a remembrance of you um, and your this, the such evidence of love toward us. As we walk through these weeks, Father, we just pray that um, each of these things that you have given and showed us and exemplify for us, Lord, let us just be thoughtful in that, especially in the chaos that um, this world creates. Um, just bring your presence here now. We know you're here, Lord, but just let us um, fill you in a powerful way through scripture, through song and singing, um, and just through reflection and through friendship. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we're excited about these next couple hours we're going to be with you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hi, friends. Um, I don't, is it, it's working, right? It's working. Okay, cool. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so I um, wanted to talk to y'all today about um, gardens being a sign of hope. Um, I have a picture, if you don't mind putting it up. Eric. Thanks. So it might sound, it looks strange that I just put up an Instagram photo, but um, this was from 2011, and I was going to grad school in New York from San Francisco, thinking that was a really good idea to get my master's um, in the summer at Columbia. And when I first went, I was so overwhelmed, just like by the city and everything, and just thinking, why did I do this to myself? And I remember just stumbling upon these, um, their recycled water bottles on the sides of gardens um, when I was just walking um, to and from where I was living one day. And I was like, this is beautiful. People are literally taking trash and making it into something beautiful. So I was reading this book recently called Looking for Lovely um, by Annie F. Downs, um, Collecting the Moments That Matter, and she wrote a short story about it. So I wanted to share that with you. Um, and um, the verse that goes along with it is um, Ecclesiastes 3, um, verse 11. So he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Um, so I'm going to share her story um, with you um, just as a symbol of hope. So here we go. I laced up my mint and gray tennis shoes and threw on my raincoat. It had rained all day in New York City, and by 1 p.m., it was barely slowing down. I walked towards Tompkins Square Park, mainly because Mumford and Sons wrote an entire song about it. So I tried to go past it at least once a day during my stay. Looking down at my phone to answer a text message, I crossed over Avenue C and started walking up 9th Avenue. To my left, a garden. 
I put my phone back in the raincoat pocket and slowed my pace to look at it more closely. Huge, weeping willow trees flung their branches over the fence and onto the sidewalk, creating a little protection from the rain. I could look through the fence to see a beautiful and well-kept garden full of plants and benches and stone paths, and though I couldn't quite see the fullness of it. Was that an amphitheater back there? I think it was. Across the top of the chain link fence were these multicolored flowers of all sizes and shades made from old cans and bottles. The cans had been cut into strips from top to bottom while still being attached to the base. Then the strips were curled outward like petals on a flower. Some different colored bottle caps and such were used for the center of the flowers. It was just old trash, treasured, folded around and turned into something beautiful. And there were so many of them, all tightly bundled together like bouquets or fields or those case of flowers in grocery stores. It stretched for half the block or so. I lingered at the garden's fence, watching the lone rooster that was just on the other side of the locked gate, studying each unique handmade flower attached to the fence just above my head out of reach. I pulled my phone out and started taking piles of pictures. I read the sign on the gate, La Plaza Culturelle, and I felt like I had found my garden, the one that understood me, the one that took trash and made it into treasure. I understand. I understood Jesus better in that second than I had ever before. He was a city guy who loved a little piece of nature, just like me and my walk around the East Village. He went looking for lovely in Jerusalem and ended up repeatedly, the scriptures tell us, at the Garden of Gethsemane. I saw a side of Jesus I had never seen, the part of him that sought out beauty, just as I do, the part of him that found rest in nature, the part of him that also might have been drawn to the La Plaza Culturelle, and the long branches of the weeping willow. I'm like that too, the part of him that loved the city but just needed some time alone, time away outside of the city to pray and remember why he loved the city in the first place. Um, So, um, yeah, I just wanted to leave you with that today, finding a moment of peace, a garden in the midst of the city of our busy lives. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Colossians 1, verses 5 through 6. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you, just as in all the world it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing, even even as it has been doing in you since the day you heard of it and understood the grace of God in truth. In preparation for today's message about hope, Dustin and I have been spending a lot of time thinking about what hope is, especially in a season of difficulty for us. What reason do we as individuals, as families, as communities have to hope? Good morning. Um, (laughs) I have to say good morning, too. Um, Right now, we talk about hope. And this week has been great to start off with hope. As some of you know or may not know, uh, I lost my job a couple months ago and have been struggling to try to find um, work right now in what I do. And so I feel as though it's been very difficult for us to know where money's going to come from next or what I'm going to do next or where we're going to live next. And so I think that hope is very important for us. You know, Paul tells us we should not put hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but hope in God, which who truly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Rather, we hope in God and you know, we hope in Christ, 
because he is the only one who can provide for our deepest needs, for the love, for the purpose, and redemption. Hope is in the statement from Judges 6.16, I will be with you. This is the hope that allows us to face troubles that we're suffering on a daily basis. It is the hope that we wish to share with others. It is the hope that guides us to pursue holiness and to strive to become more like Christ every day. This is the hope that we need. This is the hope that the Lord offers to us. It seems that hope is, in, is the essence of the Christian life itself. So to close and to reiterate Kevin's closing message from Tuesday, which I love from Romans 15, 13, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he just wanted to, to quickly say kind of why we do that, why the, why the church uh, universally has done that. Um, there's, there's a lot of symbols we use to, to show our minds something, but also to show our, our bodies something, to show our rhythms something. And lighting a candle is, is one of these. So when you light a candle, just normally in life, it, it needs to be a slower affair, right? You don't want to quickly rapidly light a candle. That's not the way it works. You slow down, you light it, you look at it for a while, and then you go about your, your life, right? Well, well, this, as, we, as we're going to have different families and different people um, in our community light the candle, we're going to watch and we're going to be a part of it. And in lighting this candle of hope, we're going to slow. We're going to remember what hope is. We're going to take a, a pause in our life and in our crazy heads, and we're going to be one together, stopping to remember why we hope. And we've asked the Kurs to light the candle this week of hope, and so if y'all would please do that for us and with us, we'd, we'd love it and appreciate it. Um, some of what was prepared, Austin, of course, covered it beautifully, naturally. Um, so apologies for any redundancy. Um, today we light the, the first candle of the Advent wreath. This is the candle of hope. With Christians around the world, we use this light to help us prepare our hearts and minds for the coming of God's Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. May we receive God's light as we hear the words of the prophet Isaiah. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a, in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. Isaiah 9-2. Let us pray. Lord, as we look to the birth of Jesus, grant that the light of your love <clears throat> for us will forever help us become lights in the lives of people around us. Prepare our hearts for the joy and gladness of your coming, for Jesus is our hope. Amen. Good morning. So um, when I was presented with the idea of talking about hope, it was, uh, I think, funny to me. Um, that's not a word 
that resonates with me or that I feel like I really get. Um, so kind of just being honest, I don't really connect with hope in the, in the same way as maybe other words um, like love or justice or other things maybe, other virtues. Um, so um, I come to offer you the wisdom of a couple of different people who I feel like lived lives of hope. Um, and they brought the hope of heaven to earth. And um, that kind of helped explain it to me. Um, so one is Dorothy Day. Um, one person is Dorothy Day. I am going to read some quotes from her, and I feel like letting her writings um, speak for herself. I feel like it's probably breaking one of the rules of public speaking to just read a bunch of quotes all at once. Um, so you can let one kind of impact you and kind of hold on to that and just stick with that. Or if you want just the feeling of kind of all of them together cumulatively, um, there's, you know, just go with it. So these are all quotes from Dorothy Day. People say, what is the sense of our small effort they cannot see that we must lay one brick at a time, take one step at a time. A pebble cast into a pond causes ripples that spread in all directions. Each one of our thoughts, words, and deeds is like that. No one has a right to sit down and feel hopeless. There is too much work to do. As we come to know the seriousness of the situation, the war, the racism, the poverty in our world, we come to realize that things will not be changed simply by words or demonstrations. Rather, it's a living of one's life in a drastically different way. We are all called to be saints, St. Paul says. And we might as well get over our bourgeoisie fear of the name. We might also get used to recognizing the fact that there is some saint in all of us. What we would like to do is change the world, make it a little simpler for people to feed, clothe, and shelter themselves as God intended for them to do. We can, to a certain extent, change the world. We can work for the oasis, the little cell of joy and peace in a harried world. We can throw our pebble into the pond and be confident that his ever-widening circle will reach around the world. We repeat, there is nothing that we can do but love. And dear God, please enlarge our hearts to love each other, to love our neighbor, to love our enemy, as well as our friend. Love and evermore love is the only solution to every problem that comes up. If we love each other enough, we will bear with each other's faults and burdens. If we love enough, we are going to light that fire in the hearts of others. And it is love that will burn out the sins and hatreds that sadden us. It is love that will make us want to do great things for each other. No sacrifice, no suffering will seem too much 
Yes, I only too clearly see how bad people are. I wish I did not see it so. It is my own sins that give me such clarity. I really only love God as much as I love the person I love the least. Over and over again, people had to disobey lawful authority to follow the voice of their conscience. Disobedience to God and disobedience to the state has, over and over again, happened throughout history. It is time again to cry out to our leaders to question, since it is not for us to say that they are evil, whether or not they are sane. The greatest challenge of the day is how to bring about a revolution of the heart, a revolution which has to start with each of us. When we begin to take the lowest places, to wash the feet of others, to love our brothers with burning love, that passion which leads to the cross, we can truly say, now I have begun. We have all known the long loneliness, and we have found that the answer is community. Don't worry about being effective. Just concentrate on being faithful to the truth. Our problems stem from our acceptance of this filthy, rotten system. The legal battle against segregation is won, but the community battle goes on. The biggest mistake sometimes is to play things very safe in this life and end up being moral failures. There is plenty to do for each one of us working on our own hearts, changing our own attitudes in our own neighborhoods. So another person um, that I feel like lived a life of hope and, and inspired me, despite my, my unconnection to the word hope, um, is St. Patrick, someone that probably a lot of us have heard about, so I'm not going to go through his life story either, um, but he did um, have a couple low points in his life. He was kidnapped and put in slavery. He fled captivity. Um, he experienced starvation and being chained. He lived in constant danger of martyrdom. He lived in poverty, and he gave up his inheritance. Um, he was attacked by Satan. He had lack of support from his relatives regarding his calling and his destiny. Um, and he actually willfully entered into kind of warfare and demonic confrontation with Druid leaders in Ireland. Um, and there's a story of, of darkness and light, kind of a, a very um, Ezekiel battle between him and different Druid leaders. 
um, and loneliness was also something he experienced. So I found an article that had some um, quotes about St. Patrick, and there was a particular story when he came back to Ireland, um, and there's um, a priest who talked about how the, the climate of Ireland was that, that people were worshiping multiple gods of the sky, the earth, and the water, and his first challenge was to convince the Irish that there was only one God and that this God really loved them. And so um, St. Patrick came to face with some of the Druid priests, and they had um, a showdown the morning of Easter in Ireland. And um, part of the pagan worship was from fall to spring and the beginning of summer to light a fire on a certain hill, and no other fires were allowed in Ireland. And um, St. Patrick lit a fire kind of going against um, the law. And so he was summoned before the king to explain himself. And he explained to the king that he wasn't a threat because he was bringing a new light, the light of Jesus, who's the savior and the light of the world. And um, people credit St. Patrick with bringing hope of the hope of Easter to Ireland. So the reason why I did want to tell you a little bit about the hardships that he went through is there's a famous prayer, which you guys might have heard called the breastplate of St. Patrick, which sounds a little weird. Um, There's a verse in Ephesians that talks about putting the armor of God And growing up, I felt like that was always very flowery language, like the armor of God, like I'm not a soldier, I don't have armor. (laughs) And um, so I really like that St. Patrick got it, and he broke it down for me, like this is it, Karen, like righteousness, this is how I put it on. And so one beautiful thing about liturgy is we, we get to share with like the gifts of people who lived before us, we get to kind of Uh, dare I say, like, mooch off of his wisdom. And um, so that flowery language can be a part of our lives and be real and concrete. And so I think that um, is pretty cool. There's lots of different translations, but the thing is that he didn't write the prayer in English initially. So I picked one um, that kind of fit with, I feel like, what he originally wrote because apparently he would sing it. It was a song. Um, So this one is maybe a little different than you've heard before, but I felt like kind of went with the whole song thing. So we're going to read it together. Um, Please stand with me. So I will read the um, normal print, whatever you call that, and the bold is for you guys. So, for instance, on this first stanza, I'll read the first line and the third line, and you guys will read the second and the fourth. And when we get to the last stanza, I'll preface you before that one, but we'll read the whole thing together. So the last stanza, the whole thing is bold. I bind unto myself today the strong name of the Trinity by invocation of the same the three in one and one in three. I bind this day to me forever by power of faith, Christ's incarnation, 
his baptism in the Jordan River, his death on the cross for my salvation, his bursting from the spiced tomb, his riding up the heavenly way, his coming at the day of doom. I bind unto myself today. I bind unto myself today the power of God to hold and lead, his eye to watch, his might to stay, his ear to hearken to my need, the wisdom of my God to teach, his hand to guide, his shield to ward, the word of God to give me speech, his heavenly host to be my guard. Against the demon snares of sin, the vice that gives temptation force, the natural lusts that war within, the hostile men that mar my course, or few or many, far or nigh, in every place and in all hours, against their fierce hostility, I bind my, me these holy powers. Against all Satan's spells and wiles, against false words of heresy, against the knowledge that defiles, against the heart's idolatry, against the wizard's evil craft, against the death wound and burning, the choking wave and the poison shaft, protect me, Christ, till thy returning. Christ be with me, Christ within me, Christ behind me, Christ before me. Christ beside me, Christ to win me, Christ to comfort me, to restore me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ in quiet, Christ in danger, Christ in the hearts of all that love me, Christ in the mouth of friend and stranger. And this stanza will read the whole thing together. I bind unto myself the name, the strong name of the Trinity, by invocation of the same, the three and one and one and three, of whom all nature hath creation, eternal Father, Spirit, Word, praise to the Lord of my salvation. Salvation is of Christ the Lord. You may be seated. So, when I think about why I don't get hope, or not that I don't have hope, but why I don't get it, why it doesn't resonate with me when I hear the word, um, and when I look at Dorothy Day and her life and St. Patrick and the lives of, of those of you that live in hope, I think they got that they were preparing for the return of Jesus that for whoever is alive, for those in the church that are alive, when Jesus returns, it will be the greatest moment of our lives. The king of love who fulfills everything in our heart that we were singing about today, he's coming back to redeem the earth, make everything beautiful, build his kingdom on earth, and his glory will be manifest and to live our lives for that um, will only fulfill us and give us joy and hope 
and for people that have suffered a lot, like Dorothy Day and St. Patrick and people that were under multiple hardships, um, to, for them to have so much hope and live lives of so much joy, I think, um, I think that's what, what gets me. Thank you, Karen. And just say, first of all, like I was thinking about, like when you said, like, I don't think people like just give quotes. I just think about Proverbs. I'm like, that's all that Proverbs is, right? It's just quotes. <laughs> so you're all right. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I'm going to speak a little bit about hope. And uh, when, I, when I thought about hope, I actually think, like, when was the time I was most hopeful in my life? And it's not as an adult, you know? Like, I'm too scarred from life, man. Um, so, yeah, I had this picture of me. Uh, this is little Kevin, right? I am the one on the right. No, your left. My, the right, I'm facing your. I'm the one on the left. That's, that's my sister. Um, I still have that jacket. Um, I don't wear it very often. No, and that is, look at that hair. I mean, that is, that was my hope left when that hair left. <laughs> okay. Um, I would never thought I was going to look like this, but this is kind of low. Um, so anyways, I'm going to tell you a story about this little guy. Um, that's right away. His name's Kevin. And he, uh, Kevin, during Christmas, uh, my grandparents would come from Tennessee. And, and they would, uh, it was my grandfather, uh, my grandmother, and then my other grandmother. And they all lived in the same area in Tennessee. So they all would jump in the car and drove the nine hours in December to stay with us at our house, right? It was so exciting. I don't know where they slept. Like, I don't remember. Um, and because we only had three bedrooms and my sister, myself, and my parents. So I have no idea where they slept, but they came. And I remember I was probably this, I think I was this age. I might be a year or two older. Um, and I asked for a bike. I asked this guy named Santa for a bike. And I was really wanting a bike. And on Christmas morning, okay, I knew my hope, my, th- I'm serious here, my greatest hope was that bike. And that God, it's not God, Santa was going to bring me a bike. So, yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> thank you. Yeah. I was thinking about that, so got you covered, right? So, <laughs> that was great. Um, so, I go, and I, um, I get up, and I run in to our living room. We had this formal living room. Like, we never went in there except for Christmas. And we had this beautiful Christmas tree, and presents were everywhere. But what wasn't there? the bike. It wasn't there. It was this blue little BMX. I remember it, and it wasn't there. And I was so disappointed. And I sat there, and my grandpa was standing there with me, and I looked around, and I was like, Santa didn't bring my bike. And he's like, I'm sorry. And I said, well, and I started thinking. I was like, like, Grandpa, of course you didn't put the bike in here. 
You can't fit a bike down the chimney. So my grandpa and I went, and we got our coats on, right? And we go outside, and I was like, it's on the roof. He just probably left it on the roof. And we go outside, and we look up on the roof, and there was no bike, (laughs) okay? And I didn't have that. And I had all these wonderful gifts that Santa brought me, and I didn't get a bike that year. Probably was a good thing. I got it later on. Um, But I think about, like, our hope, right? And we put our hope in a lot of things, and sometimes we get them, and sometimes we don't. And I think that's what I think of as hope, right? Like, hope is I don't know, right? I hope that this is going to happen. I don't know if it will but I really hope so. You can take this down, please. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, <clears throat> but that's how we live as hope. And so as Karen was talking about how she struggles with this and it doesn't really resonate, I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat of like, well, there's just hope, right? And we're told to hope in Christ and hope in God. Um, I'm going to read a story right now. You guys know this, maybe, probably, Hopefully. Um, it's Simeon, okay, the story of Simeon. Yeah, you like that. Um, this is from Luke chapter 2, 25. It says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting <clears throat> for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts, When the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms, and he praised God. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people, Israel. So reading about hope, like God's definition of hope isn't the same as ours. When God tells you to hope in something, it's an expectant thing that's going to happen. It's not of this might. And I think that's the difference. And it's really hard for me to reconcile that together, to to will myself to hope in something for sure when all my life, like hope has been kind of like maybe. And I think during this season and this time, like building that and and just pushing that trust uh, in God, in the hope. Um, Just like Karen said, the hope has come. And Simeon saw this hope, right? And he got to tell him, he told him, and it happened. Like that's a great thing when something's told and it happens. But during this time, like we have that same hope that Christ is going to come again, that he's going to redeem us. And sometimes when it's like, I don't know, when you say hope, is the I don't know hope, that's not what it is. I mean, you have to push yourself and to be like, I hope. Not like, I'm unexpecting hoping, but I am assured and I hope. Um, Let us pray. Father God, redefine hope in us. Give us a hope that Simeon had, that there's an assurance and confidence, and that when we put that hope 
into you and into Christ, God, it's something that lifts us and drives us and inspires us. Um, During this season, Lord, let us remember that the hope that was given to the Israelites and to the Jewish nation came to fruition like you said that it would. And Father, let us look at that and remember that the same thing is going to happen with your return and with the promises that you have given us. We thank you, Lord, for this time. We thank you for hope. We thank you for Jesus. And thank you for this time that we can remember that. We love you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.